0: The tabletop, take away game mechanics on display. Three designers
1: share the stage, pick a genre, and we'll play.
0: The tabletop, take away. Welcome back uh, to our podcast. I'm Ananda. I'm Charlie. And I'm Trevor. Uh, And today, we're going to be starting our series on logical induction games. Induction? Yes. I've only heard of deduction games. Well, it's actually, uh, sometimes people get the terminology a bit wrong. So, deduction is all about starting with um, a set of rules and then figuring out specific deductions that you can make from those rules, Mm. whereas induction is about having a bunch of clues and using them to figure out how the system works. Um, And Zendo, I think, is a great classic example of that, uh, because in Zendo, um, there is a rule which determines whether a structure made out of little plastic blocks is valid or not, and the person who's designated as the master for that round, the Zendo master, knows what the rule is. In fact, they may have made up the rule themselves. Um, And the other players don't. And the other players are trying to figure it out by making little structures and finding out if those structures are valid or not. So kind of putting uh, pieces together to figure out the core rule of what is allowed. Yes, that's right. Uh, And then the players will uh, occasionally make guesses about what the structure is using resources that they earn from correctly identifying whether specific structures are valid or not. Um, and if the player's, uh, correct about what the rule is, like if the rule is, for example, there have to be two yellow pieces and they guess that, uh, then they win. But, um, if they're wrong, the Zendo master has to provide a counterexample. So the game is a really nice, um, z- some people describe it as an illustration of the scientific method, oh. uh, making mm. hypotheses and testing mm-hmm.
2: them. <laughs> yeah. I think all three of these games that we're going to do in our series of induction games are all interesting examples and Zendo is like the perfect starting one I think too yeah so building blocks if you will <laughs> yeah yes that's
0: that's funny because if, if you've seen Zendo it's it's all plastic uh, building blocks
2: yeah so uh, what we, we played the game and uh, Ananda you had played it a bunch yeah I'd played it once I and I, I never have never played it before
1: it. so this was a induction was a whole new thing for me mm-hmm
2: what what are some initial thoughts on, like, what what is it about this kind of design that's appealing to people?
0: So, I suppose for me, uh, what I really like about Zendo is the creativity that it gives players. Uh, well, not just players, but also the moderator. Um, I think creativ- creativity is very important, especially if you're a moderator for a game and can't actually play. It's a thing I like also about Blood on the Clock Tower. Um, In Zendo, the moderator at the beginning of the game has creativity to make up a rule. Um, But during the game, they also have creativity in the sense that when somebody makes a guess about the rule that's wrong, they have to provide a counterexample. And there is a certain amount of creativity in coming up with a counterexample that won't give away too much, but will still disprove whatever their guess is. Um... And on on the players' end, there's a huge amount of creativity because they're just coming up with all sorts of structures to try to test out different hypotheses they have about the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's I think I really like games like this or like Galaxy Trucker where players can do things that are just um, that don't feel like there's some pre made plan that the designer mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. for them. Like they're not just. Following the designers' actions that they laid out for them, they're actually coming up with their own things to do. It allows for that creativity to really shine through. Yeah, yeah,
2: and and both sides, the moderator and the players, are feeling really clever when they're doing this. Too. Oh, I always, absolutely. I always talk about like cleverness as like one of the key things for game design because yeah, that's just, so clever. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Say we um, we're gonna be uh, talking about this game and the visitor and Turing machine. Um, of those three, which do you think is like the most approachable?
1: I absolutely say Zendo was extremely approachable. You could open it up. Uh, maybe maybe there were instructions. I, yeah, there they are. Uh, but it's it's really simple to get going. Um, I made my first structure as the kind of moderator, and I did a really poor job because I guessed it right away. I'm like, oh, I should have done that a little differently. So, like, now I know. But you're able to just kind of dig in, and you're not, like, really restricted. So if they guess it, you know, in one try or two tries, that doesn't really matter. You're just still playing the game. Yeah. And, yeah, it just naturally evolves as you get better at it, and you can just play with it more.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. Zendo is very approachable. I mean, the the, the presentation of it, too, it's just these plastic blocks, and you put them on top. There's no... Of each other, there's no text or anything,
1: no boards, no just like
0: playing with blocks,
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. which we've been doing since we were like born, yeah, pretty easy.
2: And I think there is a trend with publishers wanting to have games that just look fun to play Mm -hmm. with pieces. You know, we get as game designers, we may be thinking more of like flat games in our heads (laughs) a lot of times, like (laughs) the boards, boards, the cards, yeah. yeah but having something that you actually stack up on the table. Mhm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Publishers love that kind of thing cuz it stands out when you're at a convention.
1: Oh yeah. Or even just at, you know, a game shop or something and you see something on a table it's like, what's that tower doing? And it's like, you want to investigate it. You want to see what's going on. Mhm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. table presence. Table presence. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. Sendo definitely has a lot of that.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, what other thoughts? What's, what's your takeaway that you would take from this game as a designer?
1: For me, uh, if I may, the, the kind of duality of, you know, you have the rotating rolls, which is very nice and feels very even, uh, but then just being able to play with things and arrange them in new ways, uh, finding that piece of the puzzle you're not quite sure about, trying to figure out a way to replicate that, and just that curiosity... And then feeling clever once you figure, oh, I think it's going to be this. And so you arrange this new thing and you, get, you, know, you test it. And then they say, oh, no. But it looks does another thing. They show you, like, why that's a no. Say, oh, that one thing is different. Okay, I think I know what it is now. And you just have that excitement building. It's a very natural thing. So being able to replicate that, I think, is a really good thing to have in a game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think for me it's um, when you have a game with a moderator uh, who can't win – Um, it's important to give them places where they can express uh, their creativity. Um, So that, like, for example, if I think about the game Alchemists, Alchemist uses an app, but it has a variant where, um, so Alchemist is another induction game, which involves uh, trying to figure out which ingredients make certain potions and it's it has an app, but there's also a board that you can have one person run so that they know what all the ingredient combinations are, but there are no choices to make like it's a very boring role um, and I think if you have a moderator in a game, they should have choices to make, even be if engaged. they can't, yeah mm-hmm. even yeah. if they can't win
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah, and I think for me uh, it what I'll take away from this one is the physically moving pieces around. And it mattering like how they're arranged is really cool, because um, like you're, yeah, just taking a few random bits and like making a game work with that. Pretty impressive.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. When you think about the types of things in here, like, I mean, I guess there's a few different shapes, three different colors. And then you do have, you know, the black and white uh, little circles to, you know, say if something is right or wrong or if you're voting
0: one way or another. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the thing about Zendo is you can play it with pretty much anything. Um, yeah. This this version that we played is the published version for Zendo specifically. But um, Zendo was, uh, before this, it was Looney Labs uh, Ice House Pyramids game, um, which uses the Ice House Pyramids from looney labs and i've played it with all sorts of components uh way back when i was a kid just um without uh, needing the actual set you can play it with little plastic cubes sure um you can play it with like i I guess uh fruit and nuts (laughs) um you you can use anything um because all you need to do is have someone make up a rule for which arrangements of objects are valid
1: so there, you're, you're really talking about the core of the experience provided by Zen. Yeah. it's not the components, right. It's the experience. Yeah, it
0: doesn't depend at all. Of, I, I mean, these these components are helpful because you know they're they're colorful. Um, the shapes are easy to identify, but you can you can use anything. Yeah.
2: Uh, this is reminding me of a game. I think it's called Mao. Oh, yeah. Where you. Make Everyone's, up a rule,
1: and everyone has to follow that rule without knowing what it is. Right. And yeah. it's
2: people just sitting around in a room, and sometimes it's like folding your legs is the right. rule. Leaning against a wall. Yeah. Yep. And I, I was thinking about like how that is a d- different feel than this game, Zendo. Like The counterexample, I think, is what makes this one better than that game. Mao has its own interesting things about it. It's pretty it. chaotic. <laughs> yeah, but you aren't really learning too much more it's hard to get more clues i think yeah yeah experience. it's
1: it's much more you learn by failure and then you try to figure out what you did wrong but you're not sure cuz the you know mao told you you mm-hmm. broke the rule but that's all you know
2: yeah so yeah
1: this has and a lot I mean, more clarity especially with the moderator responding with uh, another example that makes your thing false and the rule still true yeah mm-hmm. so yeah
2: and i think the induction has this piece of it that's like um i talked with ben of floodgate and one of his big things is players having discovery moments Mm -hmm. and logical induction it just feels like that too constant discovery yeah yeah Yeah. it's all about the
0: discovery Mm -hmm. yeah
2: well any final thoughts about zendo or logical induction
1: you know uh when Ananda pulled this out, I was a little skeptical at first. I'm like, this just looks like a playset for kids, but, you know, let's give it a try. And I'm like, actually, this is this is pretty interesting. So I'm, I'm glad that we did this one.
2: So thank you for introducing me. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, stay tuned for our next episode. We'll feature a unique and little lesser-known game called Visitor.
1: Bum-bum-bum...
0: Hey, thanks for listening to The Tabletop Takeaway. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. So please tell your friends and visit our website at thetabletoptakeaway.com, where you can suggest games and mechanics for us to cover next on the show.